Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week, we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. Episode 2207, Leadership Ingredient, Humility. All right, we've already told you it's episode 2207. Now, the only reason the episode numbers matter at all, Lisa, is because it gives our audience an easy way to go to the website. And if we, if we're liable to put a downloadable PDF, you just never know, or a photograph. <laughs> if you want to see, you want to see Lisa holding a phone in her crook of her shoulder and holding and a couple fish. of holding a couple of fish up. We, we, that's on episode. I don't remember. And if you um, want to see my dogs, those will be on some episode. If we haven't already showed them, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember <laughs> either, but that's why we give you the episode numbers. Um, uh, 22 is the year. Oh, seven is humility, humility. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about humility. Now, one of the problems, Lisa, as you well know, with humility is I'm not, it's not so much you're either born with it or you're not, but maybe there are some predispositions toward it before we hit record i told lisa uh, we were having a conversation about whether or not we've encountered a situation of somebody that was in complete tell mode they don't listen to anybody they do think they're the smartest person in the room and did we see any kind of a conversion shift yeah can, shift. can somebody be converted uh, away from that i don't know i don't know if they can so I'll begin, I'll begin by sharing, and this is going to sound arrogant and I don't mean it this way, but I've had one big failure. So I've been coaching for about a dozen years prior to that was running, running businesses. I was blessed with an opportunity by an HR department in a city to coach a director. I had no experience prior to that. That was seven years ago, give or take, and kind of immediately fell in love with this whole sector of, of, of industry and enterprise, really intelligent people, a really strong spirit of service, just vibrant and energetic. Anyway, I, I just, there wasn't much about it that I didn't love, even though I had no personal firsthand experience. Right. Right. Until then. But I have had a failure. I've had a failure, and I'm bringing that up here because humility or lack of is at the heart of it. Right. It's just, it's at the heart of it. And I did a, an episode back in another iteration of this podcast about how to sabotage your own coaching experience. And these things apply, I think, to humility. Uh, and, and we can, I don't know, we'll just see where the conversation takes us. But step one I put is don't open up. Don't open up. Don't be vulnerable. Just don't share anything. Just put a wall up and keep that wall up. The opposite that, of humility. Yeah, that's just, that is so not humility. Right. Uh, step two, don't be honest. I mean, whatever you do, you know, when you speak, don't be truthful, don't be honest, uh, 
you know, it's going to be way more important for you to look good and sound good than for you to be truthful. Uh, step three, don't put any effort into it. You know, just make sure that your time is, is more valuable than anybody else's time. Four, don't commit to anything ever. And these all sound crazy, I know, but I had... But you experienced it. Oh, I did. I experienced it firsthand and tried... I pulled every I pulled every trick out of my bag that I had, and I've got a pretty big bag of tricks, but absolutely nothing worked. Yeah, don't commit, don't commit to anything ever. Don't let your team, don't let anybody, you know, nail you down. Well, and I'll add to that one, kind of step 4B would be if you do commit don't come through you know don't do what you say you'll do be as incongruent as you possibly can uh step five just keep doing what you've always done right just stay the course don't work how many of us hate that How, how many of us hate that answer of but we've always done it that way that is the worst answer in the book well <laughs> that is the exact opposite of humility and curiosity and seeking a knowledge. <laughs> People will sometimes say, you know, change is just hard for me. And I'm like, okay, well, how about growth? Is growth and improvement hard for you? Well, well, you know, and they, they, they want to say no, but they realize that if they do, they're trapped. It's just like, <laughs> Randy, well, what, is that one of your tricks, Randy? Yeah. It's like, that's what, that's what change is. See how right? good I mean, he is, you guys? Change, <laughs> he is that good. <laughs> change, is, change is doing something different. Um, step six, cross your fingers and hope for the best. Okay, well, that's that just doesn't, that doesn't work. We've all heard the old adage, you know, hope is not a, a strategy. But for, people the, running, for people running on a treadmill, Randy, explain what you're telling them not to do right now. <laughs> if they're only getting, you know, every other conversation, they're like, what is he talking about? Yeah, wow. <laughs> These are things not to do, guys. These are the opposite That's of humility. Right. Well, but now if you flip the coin over, in my mind, step one, it may not be the very first step, but we got to start somewhere. So let's have a conversation about vulnerability, humility, and the fact that how can you embrace, how can you grow your, your humility if you aren't willing to be vulnerable? Now that vulnerability can look different. I'm not talking about sharing all of, all of your demons. I'm not, I'm talking about you have to be wise in what yeah, you share. You can, you can be, you can be, your vulnerability can look like I'm vulnerable in the sense that I can enter this room, this meeting with my staff, and I don't have to have every answer. Right. I don't even have to have every question. Can you be that vulnerable? What do you say? Well, I think, I think you have to. You have to be that vulnerable. I think you need you need to know what you need to know. And you have to be open to listen in order to get what you need to know. You know, I think the hardest challenge for so many, especially new, not necessarily just younger, but newer leaders, is they don't want to appear with a lack of knowledge. They don't want to appear ignorant. And ignorant is different than stupid or anything, right? Ignorant is a lack of knowledge. 
Um, they don't want to give the impression that they don't know. So they're so careful about crafting their words. And there is an art to some of that. But I've, you know, you've always talked about naive curiosity, just asking questions because you need to know. Um, as part of humility, you have to be humble in order to get to that point to be able to ask questions. Listen to listen to others. No, you're not the smartest person in the room. Don't feel like you have to be. Just ask the questions. You know, a good example is yesterday. Uh, we were we're looking at a new uh, system to run. We call it HRIS. It's our whole system that keeps all of our employee files and our finance and our budget. And everybody's got one at every city. And we have also been separately working on this ticketing system in HR to have a queue because we're, we're so big now that we get so many phone calls and emails. And now we have teams and text and we've got five different forums. People are sending us, Hey, can you look at this person's pay? And I might get it in a text message. And then I forget where did somebody text, somebody sent me something. Now I got to go look through five platforms to try to find it. Right. And so the question came up in this new system that we're looking at that we will likely implement one of we're down to our two finalists. So one of the two of them will be our new system that it ha- kind of has this queue built into it for all things HR. Well, we've been working on a ticketing system for nine months now, and we've gotten like five things loaded. It takes a huge amount of IT's team uh, time. It takes a huge amount of our staff's time and we're rotating across our teams in HR to load these ticketing systems. And as we went to that dem- demonstration, we came back to our leadership meeting And I said, guys, we went over the ticketing system. We were like, okay, here's what we're doing next. We were, as you know, as we all get into our mode, ticking down our list. And I said, guys, I I think I need to ask a tough question. (laughs) You know, again, not knowing if my idea is the best or not. And I said, do you, knowing the system can do that, do you think we still need to keep pursuing the ticketing system? Because we can not only give time back to us, but time back to IT. Maybe we need a whole postpone it and hold it until we see what the new system can do. So we're not investing all this time. Cause it takes, once we give an idea to a T it's a six or eight week process for them of coding just to get that one type of ticket in the system and coded correctly. Cause it goes through approvals and routes and all that good stuff. So, I mean, that's a classic example of where we need to use humility to see it's not how we've always been doing things or that what we've been doing for the last nine months do we need to keep doing it now? And the question was, well, you know, one of our managers said, you know, I think we should keep doing it until we know more. Why stop until we know for sure it can handle all of these things? Because we we may still need these. And the other manager agreed. And as a team, we said, okay, let's keep going for now. And we'll continue to monitor it as we vet the system. And we'll stop at the point we think it's not going to be valuable. So we aren't wasting everybody's time. But for now, it's still valuable because we don't have enough information, right? Humility, asking the questions. Well, and the vulnerability to, to not, to not think that you've already got to know the answer, even before you ask the question. I mean, so many, Well, I'm the director. I could have easily said, guys, we're not doing this anymore. I mean, I could have easily just shut the thing down because I do have the power and the authority and the influence to stop it. Yeah, but it's that whether you be, choose to use that or not. That's right. Well, and I think there's a that's a good sidebar, a bit of a sidebar conversation in that there's a time for collaboration, there's a time for dialogue, there's a time for asking questions. But we all know as leaders, 
there's also a time for the decision to be made. Now, however that decision is made is however it's made. That's right. But once it is made, now we've got to salute it, right? Now we've all just got to get in the boat and we've just got to row in the same direction. Aye, aye, chief. You know, yeah, be, because of the, the, aye, deba- aye, Captain. the debate, the conversation, the asking of questions, all that. Hopefully, hopefully, in the ideal world, hopefully right. that has already happened. Now, I get that in some cases it goes straight from the expression of the problem to the solution and decisions made and nobody gets to have any conversation about it. That's when frustrations go through the roof because you lack the humility to have the conversation. You lack the humility to be vulnerable. I got tasked with a new, a new job back in the late eighties. I entered an industry that I had no experience in at all. I'm sitting there and I'm meeting with various presidents and vice presidents of manufacturers that were vendors. And I'm asking every stupid question under, under the sun, not because I was proud of my ignorant. I just genuinely did not have knowledge. And I recognized I didn't have knowledge. Now at heart, I'm lazy. (laughs) I don't want to do it the hard way. I mean, if I, humility. <laughs> if I can do it, if I can get there way quicker, give me the quick way to get there. I don't right. want to take the long way, right? I don't want to have to learn this the hard way. So if I've got a president of a manufacturer sitting in front of me and I can ask him what seems to be to everybody else in the room, the stupidest question on the planet I'm asking, cause guess what? He's going to give me an answer, right? Or. In many cases, I got a shrug and I got, well, we don't know why we do that. I remember asking a manufacturer a question. You charged me $5 more for this color. Is that, I mean, why is that? Are you telling me that the paint, the paint costs five bucks more or three bucks? He looked at me square in the eye and he said, nobody's ever asked me that. Well, you could see the room kind of smile because I'd asked, but it seemed an obvious question to me. So this color cost me $5 less than this color. I don't, I mean, is there some expense to that pigment in the paint? I mean, I don't, I don't understand. I didn't understand. So I asked and he said, we've just always done that. And I said, well, can we stop? I'd like for you to, I'd like for you to not charge me $5 to which somebody (laughs) came and said, if you get that dropped, that will be historical precedent in the industry. (laughs) Well, I didn't, I couldn't get it dropped, but the point is I was willing to be vulnerable. Now I freely admit that my vulnerability was driven in large part. I needed to get up to speed as quick as a new, as a new leader in a new industry. I did not have time this was my crash course. I had to basically lead the parade, but I think you there's had to a understand what's there. going on. I yeah. think there's a lesson there. I think there's a lesson there for all of us. Who's got time to do it the long way. None right. of us, none of us have got. So if you can compress the time, you know, be, be vulnerable. Step two that I put, and this relates to coaching and how to make a, a really positive experience. And, but, all of these are really congruent with this whole theme of humility. Step two, I put be open and share. Now that sounds kind of similar, 
but here's where I would make a distinction for our leadership. Do you volunteer information as a leader or do, do people have to interrogate you to get information that they could, they could use benefit they, from, they yeah. could leverage in their own daily work. If you would just give them the information without them having to come to you and browbeat you to get it. What do you think? Well, I think, I think being open and sharing is critical. You, you, we've talked about how to grow people to be great. That's an absolute, that's like a consultant role. You have to be able to share so your team can grow and therefore they can do not only do better by them, but better by you and better by your department because they now have more information. They can answer more questions that don't have to escalate to you. You've, you've taught something to them or showed them something or given them more knowledge that makes them better, which makes you better, which makes the department better and makes the city. I mean, it just continues to roll up. There almost is no negative and unless there's some way they can use that information badly. I don't know, <laughs> you know. Well, but, I can only think of two off the top of my head. You know, one is you could betray a confidence, which is never a good idea. You should never do that. Number two, you could give them information that doesn't benefit them at all. You could give them information that could amplify their anxiety, that could make them worry unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of information that you could have, depending on how high up we are in the food chain, that is just not beneficial. As parents, maybe we go through a, a, a rough patch and finances might be tight. Mm -hmm. Are we going to take that to our grade school kids? No, no, right. we're not going to burden our kids with that. Why? They can't do one thing about it. It doesn't serve them in any way possible. And similarly, I think we've got in our organizations, sometimes we have information, we're privy to information, and maybe we do share it, but it does nothing but damage. It does nothing but amplify worry and anxiety. That doesn't serve anybody. And maybe we need to reiterate our definition of leadership, you know, it is, it is serving. I, we happen to come at this from a viewpoint. Servant leadership is redundant. I don't know of any other. There is kind. No, yeah. There is no other kind. Uh, right. if, if you're, if you're going to exercise leadership, then we're necessarily inferring. This is, this is a positive thing. This is right. not tyranny. This is not autocracy. This, this is a good thing, and we're all benefited by it. Um, and, Randy, tell them, uh, you know, because I didn't know what it meant. Tell tell the, our listeners that may not know, what is autocratic, an autocratic leader? What well, does that look like? Well, I'm the smartest person in the room. The world revolves around me. What I say goes. You do it because I'm boss. I am the king. It, it is that classic, I don't know, what was the fable? You know, the emperor has no clothes. Mm -hmm. Okay, but who's going to tell him? Uh, we're not, we're not saying anything. And that's that childhood fable. You know, the emperor has no clothes, but nobody's brave enough to tell him which to this second step of being open and sharing, we have talked about it a little bit in prior episodes, psychological safety, which is a huge, huge thing, but let's start with our own psychological safety. How safe are you to be open and to share? How safe are you to be vulnerable with your team? And if you aren't, 
Why not? What are some of the challenges do you think that leaders have in your experience to, to being open and being vulnerable with their team? Well, there, there's two things that surround that. Um, you must have safety up. If you don't, I would say use caution. If you, if there is not somebody that you can share up, you know, um, and, and it's, it's the whole theory of trust has to be earned. It's, you know, you say you want to give it, but you must use caution because when you share, you've got to know that that person is not going to use it against you or you've now damaged, you can potentially damage a lot of things. So I would say first up, um, you know, you, you have to create a space that there can be some, some appropriate venting and sharing and frustrations and then knowing that you're going to still handle it professionally walking out the door and you, you can't overuse that privilege either. If you just come in every day to me and want to vent, then it's a complaining and it's a different level, right? Um, but for your team, I think the first step you have to establish the psychological safety. If they are not willing to share, you need to figure out why. Like you said, why are they not willing to share? Why are there closed door sessions after every meeting and people huddling in offices? And you know what I mean? But this is why it's so critical for us as leaders to lead the way. That's right. You've got to, you've got to not only show, we've got to show them how, which means we have to be vulnerable first. We have to be open and we have to share first. If we're not willing to do that, if our humility prevents us from doing that and come on, we all know the enemy here. The enemy is our own pride. The enemy is our own ego. The enemy is, well, I see myself in this lofty position. I, I can't show them that I don't, that there may be something I don't know. And yet how many of us have worked for somebody and if they walked in the room and they said, listen, guys, here's our situation. Here's our problem. Mm-hmm. Here's our opportunity. I want us to have a conversation about this because I just, I'm not sure what to do here. Yeah. How many of us would lose respect for that person? Nobody, nobody, nobody in their Zero. right mind, that person, they would be elevated in our mind because they're being that open and they're sharing and because they are that vulnerable. And this is the baffling thing to me, why we think that guarding ourselves, protecting ourselves, putting this mask up in front of ourselves, and hiding how we really feel or what really is going on, hiding the truth that that is going to possibly work out to our advantage, short-term or long-term. That's right. And, and, you know, and the other thing, cause I've experienced this before in, in my 25 years leading, I've experienced a leader that I would have to, in in my opinion, I'm trying to coach and I'm saying, hey, these are things you need to work on. I don't tell them who said it. I don't tell them if I observed it. I don't tell them if, you know, if a team has come to me. But the leader, when you try to coach them and they continue to tell you, I don't know why they won't come to me and tell me that. What you're telling me is different than what they're telling me. And I know that my version is the truth. Right. I absolutely know because it's come from more than one source. That leader then has to either acknowledge that they have not created a safe place or two, they're not humble. 
they think they're the smartest person in the room. So they, they may talk the, talk the team to death right. or they may, right. they may coach them and they're not validating or demonstrating their actions through their words. There's some, in, like you call it, incongruent issue that's being faced. And that's not on me. That's on them. Yeah. That's on that leader that's not choosing to change. If their belief system is everything I'm telling them is wrong, it's, yeah. it's over, essentially. Because if they're not going to be willing to change because they believe your facts are incorrect. And they're going to search for ways to prove that up, that you are wrong, rather than focusing on what they could do better for themselves to be humble and, and grow and change and maybe take a look at things differently. Right. But I've experienced that in my leadership through, you know, I've, I've coached and led a lot of people over time. And that is one, when you talked about, can you, can you change them? Haven't experienced it yet. Have not. The only thing that I can think of is, you know, a time that, and, and work, come on, life humbles all of us. Sure. Um, and sometimes circumstances might happen that just completely, you know, that humble a leader and, and they're kind of forced, you know, life has grabbed you by the lapels and it has shaken you or it has buckled your knees and okay, well now, I mean, now if you're not taking a really hard look at yourself, I once endured a three hour beating of a meeting with a peer who came to me and he said, everybody comes to you. Nobody comes to me. And I said, and what do you want me to do about that? Little did I know I had to endure about three hours of just constant whining and complaining and moaning and groaning about it, but judgmental, critical, harsh judgment, smartest person in the room. There's a reason nobody went to this guy. Mm-hmm. Nobody could go to this guy, you know, so we have got to show our team what this looks like. We have got to demonstrate humility talk is cheap so you can't just preach the sermon you have to live the sermon and living the sermon means you've got to be vulnerable yes pick your moments be wise like lisa said exercise wisdom but where you can be vulnerable be vulnerable it it may not feel great in your head before you do it i'll make you a promise after you do it, it will feel great. It just will because the result will be great because you will be elevated in the eyes of your team immediately. And I've never yet seen it go without reciprocity. The The group will respond in kind. Now, n- n- all of them, maybe not, but somebody or it will. May take, and it may take different lengths of time for different people. That's right. Depending on what they've experienced in life and That's how much right. trust they are willing to lend up front. But you will Those not are be more broken or not right. going to give that trust right away. No, and but you will not be on if you if you sustain that, you won't be an eye on an island. You won't be the only person being vulnerable. You won't be the only person who's being open. You won't be the only person who's willing to share. The group will respond. I have had meetings with CEOs and high-level people, people that are accustomed to being viewed as the answer man, the answer woman, the person who's, this is who we look to. 
in a room with one another, and you would think, well, there's no way. But it's amazing the minute somebody's willing to step out and be courageous and, you know, crack the ice on this thing. It's amazing. It's amazing how many people, you know, follow suit. I don't know that we've got any pearls of wisdom. If you aren't wise, if you aren't wise enough to understand the value of humility, we could certainly, we could wax on for some indeterminate time and trying to convince you. But you know, if you have to be convinced that there is a, a high value in humility, it's probably not worth the sermon, right? No. It's probably a waste of time, but there are some things that people can do. So let's give some, what are some action items that come to your mind? I'm a leader. I've got a small team. I got a big team. I'm a director. I'm a supervisor. I may be a low level, you know, I've got, I've got some kind of a boss title. So I've got direct reports and I want to amplify, I want to amplify my own humility. And what would you say? I think the first thing you do, and we talk about this, uh, we've talked about our walk the talk series as well that can follow this separately. Um, little video vignettes of leadership, walk the talk. Uh, we talk about humility as well in this leadership series. But I think the episode main- 2204, if you go to episode 2204, you will see links to Lisa's YouTube videos of what she's talking about. This On is this an internal Grand Prairie thing that project that she does for her, for her organization. Keep going. Yeah. And on that, you know, we talk about what's the, what's the one thing, what's the one, I would go back to your team and say, what's the one thing we need to fix? Cause number one, if you're a current leader, you're in a position to influence change and influence others. So what's the one thing we need to fix? Humility will allow you to ask the question and then listen to the answers and then identify that. Let your team lead you through how, what are those issues that they see that, that the organization, it could be citywide. You could be at the sitting in the chair at the top of the city manager, or you can be sitting on a member of a team within HR or within public works or a crew leader. But what is the one thing that we need to fix that we have the power to change? You know, don't take something global. We need, a, we need to build a new building. That's not something you can fix today. But what is the problem or issue we're facing that needs to be fixed? The number one thing the team feels. I would focus on that first and listen. And then as they brainstorm ideas, identify, have them narrow down. Okay, we've gotten 15 ideas. Which one's the number one for all of us? If we're going to focus on one thing, and I would probably just start there as a leadership team as a member of a team, talk about those things that need to be fixed and see, and, and maybe it'll be a surprise to you. And maybe it's exactly what you thought it was, but humility is you not being the smartest person in the room, seeking the input of others. And then that will start the humility uh, again, being our first ingredient, the foundation of this leadership, leadership recipe we're going to talk about. Uh, I think that's where you start. Randy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I would only add to that. Resist giving answers. Resist. So many times we enter, we enter a room and we may throw out and it may sound something like this. Okay, guys, we've been, I've been thinking about this and, and here's our problem. And I think fill in the blank. Blah. 
Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And, and now we have already, we, we've tainted the entire room. We've, in essence, told our team, we don't think we told our team to, to just shut up and don't share, but that's what they heard. They heard he's got his mind made up. That's what's our the, issue. What's the, <laughs> what, yeah, what's the point? You know, what's the point? Because my, unless I truly think the way he thinks and what he just said, I completely agree with. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not popping up. And so now we end up our leadership. Why would I want to go against the boss? Well, nobody does. Right. Nobody exactly does. Right. And so okay. now I'm, I'm surrounded by people that constantly are reaffirming how brilliant I am. And I'm surrounded by a bunch of yes folks because otherwise I've got people staring at their shoes in the meeting, un- completely afraid to pipe up. So I would just add to it an action item that you can take immediately in your very next meeting is resist giving answers. Now, next time we're going to talk about curiosity, and that's where the questions come in. But we've got to, we've got to give ourselves opportunity to ask the questions. We've got to give our team opportunities to come up with their own questions and to answer questions. And we can't do that if we've, in essence, gone ahead and tipped our hand and given them the answer up front, and we've just kind of sort of built it into our question, or we've built it into our statement up front, and now we're just listening to our head rattle, and so are they. Right. That'd be my addition. All right. Final thoughts? I think, no, I, I think that covers it. I think that gives them, for those listening, that gives you great, uh, a starting point to actually practice it, which is what we've talked about, you know, it's the whole practice, what we preach, um, living it and breathing it. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. So with that, I think just tell them, you know, uh, again, let's talk about the ask me anything or, or, you know, which is a big popular kind of a meme today. Um, you got questions, you got specific things that you would like us to address and to talk about. We would love to hear from you. The easiest way to do that is use the contact form over at the website, growgreat.com. We would love it if you would allow us to give attribution. If you don't want us to, all you got to do is just tell us. You know, keep keep me anonymous. We're happy to do that. We're very respectful of people's privacy. Um, but we'd love to give you, we'd love to give your city a shout-out uh, if you feel so disposed. But if there's issues, if there's questions, if there's things that we can help you online or offline, uh, we'd, yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to help. Sure. Yeah, and we'll commit to you that you will hear back from us. I'm not going to tell you you'll hear back like within 30 minutes, but you'll hear back from us. We'll, that's right. We'll jump on it. All right. Next time. We're in this together. Yeah, we are in this together. Next time we're going to talk about curiosity. So this was episode 2207. Be sure and go check out the show notes at the website for all the links and anything else that we share. We appreciate you clicking play. Tell a friend. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.